Welcome everybody to this, to this episode of Great Conversations. Uh, I'm Michael Maroney, I'm the director of FACET, and today we have the privilege of having Scott Barry Kaufman, uh, who is, describes himself as a humanistic psychologist. Uh, he, he has a PhD from Yale in cognitive psychology and masters of philosophy in experimental psychology from Cambridge. He is a prolific author, uh, has his own podcast, blogs, articles, website, scottberrykaufman.com. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, thank you for being here with us today, Scott. Just a big geek. Um, thanks. I'm really, really excited to, hear, to be here today and um, to offer any uh, knowledge that I can that will help the teachers. Well, so what, what we've been doing with this series is we've interviewed a lot of um, of excellent thinkers, important thinkers and, and the world of higher education uh, and people who are thinking about things that matter in the world of higher education. Mm -hmm. and, and what we, what we like to, to begin with is, is just what are some of the one or two greatest op obstacles, challenges to the accomplishment of the overarching mission of higher education, which I, I would describe as to help our students pursue meaning in their lives? What, what, what are a couple challenges that you see? Oh, in, in a lot of ways, you couldn't design an education system to be more of a barrier to meaning and purpose than, than how a lot of schools are, are designed. And I think that's really unfortunate. Uh, a, a big issue is that there's so much emphasis on evaluation and not as proportionate emphasis on, on bringing out what is yearning to be actualized within a person. And there's and that differs from person to person. There's there's no way to standardize self-actualization. I've never quite said it that way before, but uh, it, 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 I, I stand by what it, what just came out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I never know what's going to come out of my mouth, but I stand by that. Uh, you know, it's uh, you really can't you can't you can't standardize that. And we, I understand the um, the efficiency the when you have such a you know it's better sometimes to kind of treat education as a machine when you have so many students and you have to who have to get through it and you you, you have such you don't have as many teachers you don't have like a one to one student teacher ratio in, in most schools so um, it's hard to give that kind of personal attention but nevertheless I think there's a lots of opportunities that a teacher doesn't. Uh, teachers don't realize that they they have they they, they 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 don't realize they have the power in their classroom to customize curricula and and in the assignments that they offer to allow the students time to have self exploration and discovery about uh, how that material is relevant to their own personal life why should they care about the material but also helping them really visualize a very clear future image of themselves. I do, um, I do what's called flow coaching. So I, I do, I, I have a, a certain set of clients I work with to help them get into that flow state during the, their course of their day, where they feel really locked in and um, deeply absorbed in the material. And the the thing with the flow state is, you don't get to the flow state by passive learning by just sitting there and listening to a teacher lecture for 45, 50 minutes, you have to personally experience uh, first a struggle stage, stage where um, it's not, you know, you're persevering, you're trying to acquire knowledge. that's a little bit more challenging. And then you, and then you flip into this state of flow 
which is a beautiful thing. We just don't offer afford as many opportunities for flow and uh, meaning making in our school system as, as much. Which is what you just said is like, it's a perfect, perfect lead in to, to, I, I mean, what I know our, our audience is interested in. And, and that's, in what ways do you, do you see teachers as being able to open pathways to some of to some of these obstacles to to making meaning. I mean, what are, what are some particular things that you think pe- teachers should do? Well, a lot of it really is up to the teacher imagination. I think that uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the uh, seven ways to hack your way to meaning um, manual, uh, but I really think that that teachers can connect and try as much as possible to connect their curriculum to uh, to students' future image of themselves. Uh, Paul Torrance did a lot of w- great work on this, on creativity in, in the 60s and 70s um, with elementary school students and helping them realize, uh, help, helping them fall in love with a future image of themselves um, and have a great clarity over who they, what kind of person they want to become and try to understand how this curriculum and understanding of this knowledge relates to that. And sometimes it doesn't relate to that. Okay. Like not all knowledge is, you know, like, like how does this uh, geometry proof relate to my future image of myself? Well, you might do enough thinking about that and realize it doesn't, <laughs> but the fact remains that getting good grade in this class and, and understanding this knowledge um, is going to open up gateways for you for that f- future image of yourself. So just at the very least, you need to, as a student or as a teacher, um, help to explain the why to the students uh, and, 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 uh, and, and how it connects even tangentially to their, their, their goal, um, their future goals, and, helping, and, and spending time on their future goals as well. Spending time on, um, as well as just goal setting, so the interesting thing about meaning and interest is that sometimes it grows, sometimes it, it's not. It's not like this thing that starts off fully, fully formed, and just springs forth. And you just have to activate it. Sometimes getting students uh, mastery, even in something they were initially not interested in at all, like even if it is this geometry proof where they're like, okay, I don't see the relevances, but you help them. Uh, have these micro moments of mastery, moments of accomplishment, of sense of pride in the work they're doing, and they see that just the same mindsets and uh, and perseverance they put towards up applying to that geometry proof to to uh, to do a good job, they realize, oh well, this can this can generalize to all of my life, and this kind of just general way of being in my life. Uh, so a teacher can help inspire a student to. Uh, to see just a more generalized way of approaching all learning, even if they're not particularly originally interested in something. That, that's great. That that sounds to me like you're you're being you're describing being very flexible to your students' needs, um, so that you can provide um, yes. challenges that would would that are just right, so that they, they that, that they're interested in succeeding in those challenges. Absolutely, and also allowing the opportunity for interest to grow um, and not giving up just because uh, certain material might be hard. Um, again, that flow state really requires 
requires that struggle. So almost uh, f- letting students know that, uh, that that they're grappling with a tough problem or challenge can lead to really to really great um, a state of consciousness. You know, at at, at some point, and that these things can uh, that that flow, that beautiful state of concentration, absorption, often is a result of deep perseverance, um, not just immediately jumping into something. And to me, it's there's also this challenge of how do we um, how do we prepare teachers to um, then to get to the right mindset so that they could then approach their students like this is um, what, what do you see as, as resources or kinds of development that faculty need so they can be prepared to do this? I mean, support, a social support system is, is important, of course, where there's just a general culture that the stuff matters. So that, that often needs to come from a leadership uh, perspective. Uh, leadership needs to signal that this is something that they value in the school system. Um, not sure exactly what specific um, resources you're referring to. Uh, I'm thinking about like different kinds of just like faculty development types of events. I, I often describe. Um, Very cool. Yeah, you know how you know how people uh, a lot of a lot of people when they look at a new piece of software, they freeze. It's like, okay, can you tell me the 27 steps to make sure that I don't blow this computer up if I try to use this piece of software? Yeah. And 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 I and I I have this notion of that you know we can help people become tech flexible. We can we can put anything in front of you, and we can give you enough confidence that you're not gonna you know you're not gonna blow anything up, and you can start figuring out how to explore it. I wonder if there's a way to have faculty become um, flexible in the way they're approaching their their um, their teaching. Well, ideally, uh, leadership would give that flexibility to the teacher to allow them to not be so tied to the grade, the final grade. But but also, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, the importance of incorporating revision into your lesson plan and um, uh, projects, you know, projects where you're, you're, you're given the opportunity, students are given the opportunity to constantly be exploring something and, um, and getting feedback and revising it. That whole model uh, of project-based learning, that whole model is, is antithetical to the, uh, the single grade, the single test. Um, you, you failed, that's it. You yeah. failed the test, it's over. Uh, you know, get, give, give students a chance to grow throughout the course of the semester. I'm such a advocate of, of growth and self-actualization as, as the targets, as opposed to uh, uh, the evalu- you know, evaluation. Um, so. I was listening to one of your, one of your um, videos and uh, it was interesting what you're saying about self-actualization and how you know, that's not an end game. <laughs> no, it's a North Star. It's a North Star. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was super interesting. What do you see as necessary actions by the system writ large to meet the challenges that, uh, that prevent, that, that are in place, that get in the way of students pursuing meaning in their, in their educations? Meaning making really requires the constant toggle between two brain networks, between an executive attention network where we're focusing deeply on what's outside uh, of our, you know, of our, of our eyeballs, you know, what's in front of us, you know, what is the lecture, 
but then also it requires toggling and then going inward and daydreaming and uh, meaning making tends to happen with the daydreaming brain network, the default mode brain network. And I don't think people realize um, just the value of, of having students uh, toggle back and forth between passive lecturing and then, um, then daydreaming, and which, is, which is actually more of an active process than people give it credit for. Um, and um, an imagination. Um, there's so much time spent in school on teaching what is, um, but not nearly enough time spent on what could be, uh, what could be in terms of what uh, the, the student's own personal life, but also uh, how that curriculum could apply to our understanding of what could be of, of, of future, realizing a future society, realizing um, making the world a better place as it currently is. And to me, it's, it's a big barrier when, when you have school systems that uh, are so obsessively focused on the curriculum and, 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 and getting the knowledge into the heads of the students in a what is sort of way, because this, this is the knowledge and this is the way, as opposed to allowing students to challenge, allow students to daydream about, allow students to imagine different perspectives. Um, so, so much of that is just built, is building uh, that into the structure of the, of the school system itself and, um, and what is rewarded and valued. I fully believe that uh, we can have classrooms that are responsive to our students to help our students um, really uh, daydream, imagine, uh, to, to um, make meaning for themselves and in their lives. And um, I, I, I love all the advice that you shared with us. So thank you very much. Thank you.